Hello and welcome to Stories, the True and the Fictional, a podcast that dives into the stories of people's lives, everyday people like you and me, or even famous people throughout history. But we want to get you, the listener, involved as well. So if you have stories, things that have happened to you, amazing things, hilarious things, random things, whatever it may be, send your stories to the true and fictional at gmail.com. So until then, we're going to dive into some of the interesting true stories from modern history and beyond. So strap in, it's story time. Well, it's another episode, Ryan. Yes, it's that time again, people. Hello and welcome. <laughs> Hello and welcome. Um, a little while ago, we did stuff on animals, and I think we're revisiting the animals because, well, who doesn't like animals? And who doesn't like war? That's what we're... Yeah. Animals don't help at war. That's... Because it's not only the humans that serve the military. But animals have served our country well. Not just our country, your country. I'm... Yes. Um, we're assuming. We don't know where you're from. You're a microphone. But either way, animals have served many a country. Um, now, again, this this is where we get our title of the true and the fictional, just in case some of these seem a little bit... Far-fetched. Far-fetched. And, and as always, if we get something wrong, we will retract it. Mm-hmm. Um, let us know so we can do so. And, um, yeah, you got any stories that you want to share of... Has your little puppy gone off to war on the back of a dolphin with Abraham Lincoln? Um, send us send us it to um, the true and the fictional at gmail.com. My cat goes to war every time I try and vacuum the house. It gets <laughs> triggered back to Nam or something like that, and she just runs off and hides, and then I just chase her with it because I'm not a nice person. But, uh, yes, just tell send it, send us an email with any stories. If you are a dog or a cat, a dolphin, an <laughs> elephant that's been in a world war, we'd love to hear from you. Or just get your human counterpart to type for you. We would love to hear some of your stories as well. That's correct. So let's crack into some of these serving animals. Ryan? Is that correct? It, it's. I don't speak dolphin, but looking at this dolphin, he has a sniper scope attached to his fin. So this is pretty impressive. So this first one is called Dolphin Spies. For over 40 years, dolphins have helped the US Navy to detect, locate, and mark mines, as well as suspicious swimmers and divers. They were used during the Vietnam War and Operation Iraqi Freedom. That's such an American <laughs> Operation Iraqi Freedom. Yeah. But this is kind of going back to that story you told about the whales and yeah. Eden, you know, similar similar family, similar yeah. breed, you know, helping them detect things and like those whales were helping the family yeah. kill other whales, but yeah. this it's quite similar. Maybe it's a, you know, it's, it's a genetic trait between yeah. these species or something. Well, they're both intelligent. So yes. Really well, intelligent. dolphins are apparently, aren't they, the second most intelligent species on the planet probably aside from apparently humans <laughs> and i say apparently <laughs> but yeah so and if yeah. this picture is accurate they have sniper scopes mounted on their fins i mean it doesn't look photoshopped at all <laughs> we'll put a link to the article in the yeah. show notes so you can check it out and you can tell us what you think if it's real or photoshopped yeah um so 
Anti-tank dogs. Now, I've heard about this before, but not from this angle. During World War II, Russians strapped bombs to dogs to utilize oh. them as tank buses. Yeah. Look, I, I don't... I don't... Um, What do you call it? They were the suicide bombers of World War II. Yeah. Oh. Like, so I, I don't support this action. And this I don't, action... because the dogs don't have a choice. Yeah. They're just like, Hey, boy, come here, put it on. <laughs> Fetch the stick. Yeah. <laughs> but... um. I don't know if it was Germany or, or Russia, like because they obviously both used it. But I th- think it may have been Germany, where they tried to do the same thing. But then when they went out to test it in the field, the dogs just ran under their own tanks. Serves <laughs> <laughs> so, them right. That's so, karma. So yeah. Sure. So it was like, well, yeah, typical. So the only two known countries that have done it are Russia and Germany, and we all know how we feel about Russia and Germany. So. <laughs> Um, I don't like you much for killing dogs, damn it. But, uh, but if you're a modern Russian, as long as you don't do it anymore? Yeah, if you don't do it anymore, I mean, but I'm pretty it's sure... Because your ancestors. Putin's probably done a few back in the day. Yeah. Not that we want to try and get into <laughs> in, into anything with Vladimir Putin. If you're Vladimir Putin... <laughs> if you used to blow up dogs <laughs> under tanks, send us an email at no. notthetrueonthefictional.com <laughs> at gmail something. Yeah. But yes, don't send us Now, in more of a happier note, I hope this is a happier one. I do too. <laughs> Ooh. This is elephants. Any fans of elephants out there? Mighty elephants have been long used in warfare. Most notably by Hannibal, not Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal in tw- 218 BC. And there's a couple of photos here of, um, you know, what you might expect to see in some sort of Lord of the Rings <laughs> movie. Uh, you know, with elephants in armor and sort of carriages at the top look like they're carrying archers and they're attacking from above. And the other army is running away quite scared. So well, I guess that used to happen then. How do you fight an elephant? I just, you know. Well, um, it takes me back to the Empire Strikes Back where they were fighting those oh, ATTs. Right, yeah. It yeah. just all you need, all you need is an X-wing yeah. Yeah. with some rope. And bring those bad boys down. Or you just stick your hand up and go, sun's getting real low, oh, big guy. I don't know if that'll work on the elephants. Works on Hulk, but not the elephants, I don't know. <laughs> or would you just like line up your front line with mice? Because apparently elephants are scared of mice. Is that true, though? I don't know. I've seen any cartoons. I don't know no, if it's it actually true, true or not. Um, it must be. Well, it's on the internet, so it must be true. <laughs> so, but yeah, look, I don't think there's any tactical... I mean, obviously you can use guns and stuff to kill them, but back in 220, uh, 218 BC, they didn't really have any of Yeah. Very interesting. Yeah. Well, um, have you heard of bat bombs? Um, yeah, I think that's what Batman used in <laughs> the 1966 well, Maybe TV this is show. where he got his idea from. Maybe. Um, bats with small bombs strapped to their bodies were enlisted during World War II to unleash Hell's Fury on the paper and wood cities of Japan. Wow, that's actually pretty, you know, smart. Considering it, like, you know, it'd catch on fire and all that. The US military invested around $2 million into the project. Unfortunately, an accidental release of bat bombs started a fire at an Air Force base, of course, in Carlsbad. Of course it did. Um... The, pl- yeah, the plan never progressed beyond the test phase and was later on cancelled. Yeah, I can see. Oh, look, there's a picture. If you go to the article, there's a picture of a bat holding. <laughs> and it's a legit picture, too. He's hanging upside down on a tree, just chilling out, but he's got a bomb strapped to him. So, <laughs> wow. They just. Uh, 
they just didn't know I don't understand how that didn't come to fruition if it mm. did I think we'd be living in a completely different world right now uh, number five is sea lions these creatures were trained by the US Navy to protect and explore coastal regions which makes sense like yeah. you know it's a, again similar to the dolphin thing where you know they're a sea creature but they can go on land so they tr- they've been able to be trained and manipulated to go and just sort of map out the coast I can yeah. see that happening I think that's quite Seals. believable. War pigs. War pigs were used in ancient times to create chaos on the battlefield. They've also been used to transport items during the war. Oh, wow. War so it's like, there's all these... Release the pigs! <laughs> Release the pigs. What kind of items do you think they'd be transporting? Um, you wouldn't want to give them food or anything, would you? No, because they'll eat the food. They'll just eat it. Yeah. Uh, maybe letters... <laughs> They'd probably eat that too. Oh, letters. I thought you right. said lettuce. No. Okay, letters. letters. Yeah, letters. Letters and parcels. Hopefully not bombs. You never know. But war pigs. Wow. Mm, that's a bit random. Wow. Well, the next one we've got uh, hordes of oxen. Hordes of oxen were common in a common sight during ancient wars. They're used to transport forces and war supplies. So pretty much probably like yeah. in the same vein as the elephants. Yeah. You know, they will have... Whether it be transport by pulling a carriage, I don't think yeah. they'd have like them on top of people. Unless they would like bareback yeah. riders. And yeah. they just like, you know, again, another Lord of the Rings kind of thing. But um, I think that would have been a sight to see. Uh, not so surprising one, yeah. um, homing pigeons, which, you know, were used by the American and British forces during yeah. World War Two, in which they carried messages, maps, photos, and even cameras. Historians yeah, historians claim that over 90% of all pigeon-carried messages sent by the US military during World War II were received. Okay, so quite reliable. But those 10% were so important. The 10% of the 10% you have to catch and did you know that? Game. Did you know that it was the, um, on that 10% was the secret herbs and spices? Of, of, <laughs> no. <laughs> but you never know. Oh, no. Imagine if you caught that. I mean, Colonel Sanders would be a very upset colonel. <laughs> Uh, the next one is called military rats. Rats have been used in the military in history to carry disease to the enemy. Wow. They've also been used with explosives. Again, with the explosives what strapped to the their body. It's all about suicide bombing to explode behind enemy lines. So it wouldn't be a very big explosion, though, would it? No, but if you get another... Didn't they do that in, in that movie um, that was a comic book and then now a movie? Um, wanted? With James McAvoy? Yeah, yeah. I can't remember. It's been a while since I've watched it. The Bending Bullets. The Bending Bullets. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It was a comic book or something. Apparently, like, they did rat explosives in that. Oh, did they? I'll have to rewatch that. I haven't watched it for a while. Don't need an excuse to watch a a Mark Millar film after watching Jupiter's Legacy. So I'm up for that. Now, this is another one you probably would have heard of. Uh, Camels. These creatures have been widely used in the military to transport as transport in desert areas, which makes sense. Obviously, Obviously with their you know their their ability to store yeah. water, and look um, like these Russian gentlemen in the picture with their lovely woolen hats going through the desert, yeah. um, um, travelling with a whole bunch of camels. And a little fun fact: Australia is like one of the highest exporters of camels. I've, I've heard that, yeah, from down in the, the in the desert areas, yeah, like Nullarbor and stuff like we, that. We we provide them to the um, beauty pageants that the Pakistanis have, <laughs> and that's true. For the Aladdin I, wedding I, I ceremonies, don't, I, don't, I don't know if it's 
Pakistan or Saudi Arabia, they have full camel beauty pageants. Wow. And a couple of years back, one of them got disqualified because they inject Botox into ah! <laughs> into the camel lift. True wow. story. Um, if you're a camel plastic surgeon out there, <laughs> send us an email. We'd love to have a chat with you to find out what the hell you're doing with your life. Well, um, camels are beautiful creatures. Even when they spit, apparently. Even when they spit. Um, have quote, you ever had a camel spit at you before? No. I've, I've, oh. never, I've never even ridden on a camel. I've had an alpaca spit at me before at a farm. Yeah. Uh, I think it was aiming for my wife, but just automatically <laughs> deflected to me, or she pulled me in front of it or something. I don't know. But Take the spit. Yeah. Oh, it's disgusting. Yeah, and then he was be. so pleased with him. So I just fed him too. Yeah. Giving him some food. And he's like, <clears throat> well, that's how he says that. Thank you. Well, then I'm not feeding them anymore. That's the I, end of that. I remember being um, at a, there's no camel, but it was a school um, excursion somewhere. Yeah. Like, it was like, like, like maybe high school. So it was like just in high school. You went to this little farm. You had groups of people. One would go, one group would go in and the next group would go in after. Mm-hmm. But we went in and there's like pigs and yeah. emus and horses and all that. There was like an emu walking around and I took off my hat, yeah. put grass in it yeah. and then it fed it like fed it to the, and I was like oh, I really liked what I fed it put my hat on left and then it went round the next group taking everyone's hats off yeah because it's all <laughs> you've, you've just convinced that the food source comes from the hat yeah so well done you um, probably just caused a, a lot yeah. of distress to a lot of little kids back then no no that was the same like, I went to a big school so it was yeah. you know they're my age so That's a big school suck, suck on that bullies <laughs> um, uh, tell us about the next one Ah, glowworms! Yeah. During World War II, glowworms were used to provide light in the trenches. Soldiers would gather them up in jars to create lanterns. Green lanterns? Oh, yeah, they were green. So, <laughs> used to reading maps, intelligent reports, and writing communications. I can Did confirm you... that because I went to, um, Kar- not Karajong, Akatumba. Yep. Um, and you don't realise how bright these things are. We went yeah. on a on a on a um a oh, glow warms tour yeah. and we you sit down, we you go down before dark, so yeah. at dusk, and you sit down and then the tour guide says close your eyes. Yeah. Uh, when it starts to get dark you open it and it is literally the yeah. brightest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. They're all over the walls. Yeah. Oh absolutely amazing. You can see them move in the lights yeah. just That's yeah. that's that's cool, but because uh, there's there's also the glowworm tunnels out out of Lithgow. Yeah, that was absolutely terrible when I went there because it was like a maybe in a public holiday and everyone yeah. everyone was going and you get to the glowworm tunnel and it's just people going and then there's a big sign that says if you want to see the glowworms don't talk be, be quiet, quiet. Yeah. <laughs> and then they're going where's the glowworms this is stupid and you're just, you're just like Ugh. some people they just don't because that they did tell us you got to be as quiet as possible. Yeah. Well, on the tour we did, they only took 10 people. Yeah. You walk down and they yeah. said, quiet. like, And you just sit there, yeah. open your eyes and whoa, yeah. all over the world. Millions, or maybe not millions, but thousands of them. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I can, I could definitely see how they would be, you know, something that the soldiers would use, you know, to adapt to use, yeah. you know, when there's no light sources or anything like that. Uh, the next one. <laughs> I'm gonna, I haven't even read this. I thought, I'm going to say this is in Russia, but it's not. It's actually Poland. A 250-pound soldier bear named Wojtek was trained to carry mortar shells and boxes of ammunition during World War II. He was officially enlisted in the Polish <laughs> Army in 1944 and travelled with the Polish 2nd Company. 
One time he discovered an Arab spy hiding in that unit's bat hut. Wow. And he's even got a statue. <laughs> he's got a statue, like a, a statue of him and a soldier um, in Poland. So look at that. Good for you. I, I like to... You know, the, out of all the things that you could have used a bear for... Yeah. You know, like mauling and killing people and stuff like that. You know. They chose to use it for not such a bad thing. Mm. So the next one everyone will be familiar with. So why don't you let us know, Jamie? Bees! Okay, yes, I skipped over one. You skipped over one. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Um. us about bees. (laughs) Well, beehives, now this is probably obvious. Beehives played an important role of siege tactics throughout ancient times in the Mm. middle and the middle ages. They were thrown down or launched in catapults towards the foes. Bees are still in use today to seek out or detect explosive materials. Well, I can remember from Ghost of Tsushima where you had to sometimes shoot down the bee, the bee, yes. the bee nest. But it, it makes enemies. sense. You it just does. throw you throw the bees, and yeah. the bees go. If, if you shoot it down off the tree, it just drops and breaks the hive. They'll just go nuts, yeah. and they'll just yeah. Or you just secretly plant the queen in one of your enemies' coats and they'll follow up for days. That's <laughs> what we found out before. That's right. Um, the next one is war horses. These magnificent creatures have played a huge role in warfare, more than any other animal on this list. Tracing their use back to the second millennium BCE until this very day. So, like, I think there's a movie War Horse and, you know... Yeah, and there's a famous Australian war horse called Bill the Bastard who... Um, he was very intelligent like um, he only, only one person would ride him mm-hmm. like he'd only let one person learn. and then like famous people like uh, one of the best riders in the world would come along and be like I'm going to ride Bill and then he'd get on Bill and then Bill would go cool for about 10 metres and then stop <laughs> <laughs> so he's toying with the he um, he survived Gallipoli oh wow and um, oh, what was the other one He's, I know he survived two two different assaults. Yeah, I may, maybe he may have been in the horse uh, horse charge. The um, what are they called the light horse charge. Which oh, famous, the light horse. Yeah, possum. Don't don't. Okay. You know, I could be wrong on that, but I know he survived two significant okay. ones, and then was um. In war, you couldn't bring animals home. Yeah. So most yeah. most horses were sold off or just given to locals. Yeah. You know, otherwise they get shot and which is, you know, they they gave Bill to like a someone over in Gallipoli or something like that and okay. he lived out the rest of his life and as far as we know. Yeah. Could have been eaten for dinner that yeah, night. That, <laughs> I hope not. I hope not too because I, I don't think he would have let them. <laughs> I hope yeah. He would have walked like ten meters yeah. put ten meters into the pot and go, nah. Not out of defiance so, out of would, of it would have been like this is going to taste terrible and they're going to be like Ugh. oh okay well the next one seems like Wakanda forever to me but yeah, you go right ahead with nah, this one you do this one okay I'll do the next one see if you can guess this play this along at home in early times historical evidence shows that something may have been used by the military as attack animals and to create chaos in the battlefield. Did you get it? Did you guess it? The correct answer was possums. The correct no. answer is not possums. <laughs> the correct answer is rhinos. And again, I can see this point. It's kind of like a point and shoot thing. Yeah. Just go, 
point them at the enemy, hit them on the bum or something, and yeah. off they go. Just or oh, I hope they don't turn around. <laughs> I hope they don't turn around. Yeah, you, you never smack know. me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I can definitely, definitely, definitely believe that. So I would like to see Rhino in battle. So if anyone's got any footage, shoot it to the true and the fictional at gmail.com. Please. Now to wrap this episode up, I'm going to talk about one of my um, favourite war animals from Australian history. He's called Horry. Um, there's a wonderful book on it called Horry the War Dog by Roland Perry. Um, I'll put a link in the show notes and where you can get it on Amazon and all that. Um, I cannot for the life of me remember which war it was. It may have been one, probably World War Two. I'm going to say it's World War Two. Um, but Australians were over in Egypt and they found a little um, Jack Russell pup and they raised it to, you know, raised it like it was mountain nourished and all that. And then they raised it up and it basically became the, the mascot of them. Okay. Um, it was real good friends with the cook for obvious reasons. <laughs> <laughs> but he could hear the sounds of the planes flying over. Like, so they had massive warning before they were going to get bombed. Oh, okay. That makes that, sense. That sort of thing. So Horry would be like, oh, planes are coming. There's guys <laughs> like, run, ah. Um, but yeah, he survived war. And then um, when they wanted to take him home, they, um, because you weren't allowed to take animals home there, and if you found them on the sh- boat back home, they'd be shot or thrown overboard. Like, okay. so, so cats were getting thrown overboard. Geese yeah. were getting thrown overboard. Yeah. But they trained this little pup to sit in this guy's backpack. <laughs> Like and there was times and where they'll just not move, or yeah, not, not make yeah. a sound. Wow! And there was times where they're getting proper checks, yeah, and then walk, guys walking back and forth, going like, "Your collar's not straight" or whatever. And then this guy's sitting there with Horry in his backpack, and then you know they and he's going, "Don't make a noise! Don't make a noise! Please don't make a noise! Please don't make a noise!" And then you know, but he smug ended up smuggling him back home. Oh wow! Um, this is where it gets sad. Oh. They find out that he smuggled him back home. Yeah. And they demanded that he get put down. But um, the, the guy, Jim Moody, who's basically his owner, said, no, I took him to the vet full will of health, no diseases in him at all. And they go, no, you've got to put him down. You have to put him down. And so he ended up going to a pound, getting a dog that looked exactly uh, the same. okay. He wasn't happy about it, like, because yeah. he's such an animal lover. Yeah. But, like, you know, war hero dog. Um. Yeah, he puts him, you know, and then puts his one. He goes, there you go, put him down. And then Hori, you know, lived another 10 years, they say, where he got suddenly hit by a car. Um, because essentially, like, once they figured out that he was still alive, yeah. when, when you know, all this information came out, like, they were saying he's wor- they were worried that maybe, you know, they were going to ask him to get put... No, I've got to put him down. Yeah. So... The, yeah, he got hit by a car. Quotations, <laughs> but like the, the 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 theory is that he didn't get hit by a car. But, okay. But he was a funny little dog. Yeah. That survived the war, saved you know people's lives, and and now look at the dogs we have riding around in rich girls' purses. Yeah. <laughs> that's where we've. That's where Horry original, would be ashamed. That's where the original idea came from. Putting Horry in the backpack. Kim Kardashian saw it. She's like, "I'm going to put something in my bag." Yeah, yeah. I, I, only you know, Horry had to stay quiet at risk of death. That's pretty good to train an animal to be able to be, especially a dog, yeah. to be completely silent. Yeah, I think that's 
that's a well well deserved honor. I'm glad he got to live out his life. Yeah. I've, I'm not so much at the expense of another dog, but yeah. But the, yeah, this just off the top of my head, something I read in the book. It, it's written like a story. Okay. So it's it's all it's a true story, but yeah. they've, they've just structured it in a way that it's like it reads like a novel. Okay. All right. But there's there's talks of um some of the things that happened, like like Jim going to an Egyptian maybe Egyptian Egyptian um, tavern, like I need a room for the night. Yeah. And the guy, like the bad, bad English, they couldn't understand each other. And this guy's like, like basically said, "Do you want prostitutes?" And he's just like, <laughs> "Yes," <laughs> something like that. And then I think he 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 met a girl somewhere or something like like a proper date. And then she's taken in, like like supposed to meet her there. And then like they're in the room, and then this prostitute knocks on the door. <laughs> And she's like, he's like, that's a mistake. I didn't, I didn't want this. Go, go back down. And then, and then, and then the owner essentially goes, well, oh, okay, okay. And then sends up another <laughs> prostitution. And there's two prostitutes at the door. And it basically ruined his chance for this one, oh, one woman. Oh no! Um, when in doubt, said two. <laughs> or learn to speak the local language. Um, oh, yeah, but it's re- it's a really good book. Um, Hurry the War Dog by Roland Perry. Check it out. Um, we'll put a link in the show yeah. notes. Check it out on Amazon. Great sure. story. So if you're, if Hori, if you still are alive, <laughs> if you've, if you've survived these two deaths in quotation marks, yeah, send us an email. Because <laughs> <laughs> of, of any of the animals that'd be smart enough to send an email, I reckon Hori would be up there. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, if if cyberpunk happens, and I'm sure you'd have dolphins sending emails. Like, <laughs> Oh, that's great. Yeah, and as as always, if you have any stories, send them to the true and the fictional at gmail.com and um, we're happy to read them out on the show and we'll even get you to come on. Sounds good to me. Make sure you email us. We need some emails. We want to have a listener's episode eventually. So shoot us through, tell us some stories. Just make sure, well, try and make sure it's true, but we do cover that by disclaiming true and the fictional. <laughs> yeah, that's right. But the true story is always better. And uh, I think we should at some point do some fictional Yes, we should. Stuff. Shoot. So we'll start planning that. Yes. Um, you just start sending us emails. Please do. And uh, thanks for listening. See you next time. See you next time.